It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of DD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode, I've got Aaron Kaufman and Scott Birdsall from Chuckles Garage on, and we're going to be talking with them. They're at Pikes Peak right now. They're testing Old Smokey and the LMP car, and we wanted to get a behind-the-scenes look at you know what they're doing to prep for it, how the vehicles are doing, their thoughts on the race, their goals for it. I also wanted to ask Aaron some questions as well about you know getting into motorsports and tips that he would give for some of the younger people out there that want to go into this. Um, as a career, and then also building a team, whether it's for racing, your business. Um, there's a lot of things that translate over, so I wanted to get their insights on, on that as well. Before we get to it, though, I want to make sure you guys head on over to our Discord. You're going to see a link on the screen right now, or a code on the screen, and then also a link down below to be able to join. It's completely free. There's tons of sections on there, whether you have a Cummins, a Duramax, Power Stroke, uh, if you're looking for technical information, or you want to give us suggestions for an episode or guest to have on. It's a really cool place for diesel podcast listeners and fans to hang out. And I love seeing the, the, the trucks that you guys are building, um, the questions that you guys are asking. You guys keep me on my toes and inspire a lot of creative things with the podcast to be able to bring you shows and guests that you want to hear from. Also, if you're looking to be able to help the podcast grow, we have a Patreon as well. There's some exclusive perks that are on there um, as far as being an executive producer for an episode, um, direct communication with us um, you know, for suggestions, uh, things that, that you want to see on the podcast or even having your truck be our podcast cover. That's something that we're looking at doing as well to be able to have Diesel Nation be shown on podcast apps. Um, so you'll find a link down below. starts as low as $3 a month, and it goes a long way to be able to helping us improve, bring you guys the quality audio, video, things that, that you guys want. All right, let's get to today's episode with Aaron Kaufman, Scott Birdsall from Chuckles Garage, talking about Pikes Peak. Scott, Aaron, welcome to Diesel Podcast. I'm really excited to have both of you guys on. Um, Aaron, I'm a huge fan of your work, what you've done. Scott, we've chatted over the years and, and what you do with uh, diesel racing and just the incredible ideas you come up come up with are so cool. And you guys are you know on scene at, at Pikes Peak. So welcome to both of you. I look forward to our chat today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, I wanted to, uh, to chat with you first a little bit. We talked earlier this year about, uh, the LMP car and the, and the plans you had for it. And you guys are out there testing. Saw some really cool videos from Amsoil things you guys are posting on Instagram and stuff. So what's it been like being up there and, and putting the car, you know, on the, on the road? Yeah. Well, the car, the car works amazing. Like it, it handles good. It's fast. It shifts good. It breaks good. Everything is good. We've been chasing this cooling demon for like a week and we're starting to get really frustrated with it. So we just took it apart uh, about an hour ago and think we found the problem again. So we're going to try that and then maybe do some testing later today. But um, I guess, I guess the coolest part is, uh, you know, now I've got this Le Mans prototype with a diesel engine in it and to have something that's diesel powered that, that turns and stops like this thing is pretty that's pretty cool to me. I mean, it's just, it kind of blows your mind what the car is capable of. 
on the sound of it too. I, I saw that on some videos. I'm like, this thing sounds so cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. So like when it's sitting idling, it sounds like a, it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a uh, eco diesel with a, with a straight pipe on it. But when you're, when you're driving the thing hard, it sounds like a really throaty formula car uh, that just happens to be belching out these little black puffs every time you shift. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's just, it's never really been done. I mean, factory Audi did like a diesel, diesel electric prototype for, for Le Mans, but not a, uh, this is like the first diesel powered, you know, kind of Le Mans prototype. It's pretty cool. Now for, for those of us that, you know, we're, we're fans of the sport, we watch it. We don't really get to see behind the scenes. What is, what is the testing process? Like, like imagine, you know, it seems like it starts early from some of the videos that I saw you guys are, you know, cranking on the car and the, and the truck and everything, but uh, give us an insight, you know, what's, what's a typical day like testing these vehicles? Well, a typical, a typical day, um, actually you can, you can go on the Amsoil YouTube and there's a, a vlog right now that's basically going through like every test day, um, starting, you know, three in the morning to, you know, and we leave the mountain at eight 30, but, um, if you basically you get up at two in the morning, you have your breakfast, you brush your teeth and you, your wheels up at 3am in the morning, um, you get to the track, you know, the guys set up everything, you know, Aaron and I just kind of watch it all happen and then get our gear on and then you hop in the car as soon as the sun starts poking over the mountain about five o'clock in the morning um, and then you just make as many runs as you can um, and make as many adjustments as needed uh, in the time allotted and then they kick us off the mountain at 8 30 in the morning so our our day of racing is done at 8 30. So it's all packed in in a, a pretty tight yep. schedule where you gotta probably have a lot of logistics planned and just be on top of your game to get yeah. everything in. What he's, what he's trying to say is we basically get a whole day of uh, having fun and kicking ass before most people get to work. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Aaron, I wanted to I wanted to ask you about you know piloting old Smokey and what old it's been like. Dog. Yeah, what it's been like for you to you know, get behind <laughs> the get behind the wheel and, and take it up Pike's Peak. So I'll, I'll tell you. So the craziest thing is like. Is this, you know, sometimes you kind of know what you're getting into. You can watch videos or talk to someone, but my someone was Scott Birdsall. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, so how does smoke drive? And he's like, Hey, punch a gorilla in the face and then run. <laughs> I've not tried the, that before. So it was a bad <laughs> reference for me. I wasn't sure how that would all work out. So my first day to ever drive smoke ever was uh, we went down to Pueblo and rented the track. And uh, it was just a segmented track. And we ran uh, maybe 10, 12 laps. And, uh, you know, got a feel for it. And probably by, by my, my last three, uh, kind of got to see like the, you know, where the edges were on the truck and it's a super predictable truck. And the best part, I mean, there's all kinds of interesting things about, uh, about all smoky, but the best part is when you find a section of road where you can square up on the wheel and give it everything, it's uh it freight trains pretty hard. And, uh, that's, uh, that can't be understated. Like that thing scoots really well. Um, so it's a, it also on top of that, like it goes around the corner pretty good. And just because uh, Old Smokey and I haven't had a long time to kind of drive together and kind of understand it, I'm I'm a little hesitant to lean on it. But at one point, I looked down. I mean, just I got in a corner, got in a groove, and just checked the screen real quick. And we were at uh, 1.2 lateral G's, and I was able to look over at it. So the truck will go around a corner just fine. But the the real magic is uh, when you get a chance to hammer down. 
So what's it like comparing the power of that uh, diesel engine, <clears throat> the way that truck is set up, maybe to some other platforms that you've raced in the past? What are some things that you like about it or that may be different that you had to adjust to? Well, the, so probably the biggest thing is like the, the torque on it is so enormous. Um, and so we're running a slightly milder tune than, uh, than Scott's run before. The truck's capable of, of more than 1,400 horsepower, 2,200 foot-pounds of torque. And so we're probably operating in the near 1,000 horsepower range. And uh, so it's like I've driven similar power levels, but like never in the same composition that Smoke Dog is and uh, old Smokey. And uh, it's, I mean, to be honest, like, it's it all is kind of a bit of an awkward configuration, but it seems to work really, really well. The the unique thing is running the automatic transmission. So if you've been in like, you know, uh, not that many people have but like in a trophy truck or something similar to that, where you're running just a, you know, a three speed and then the computer controls the overdrive. It's not like rolling gears on a six speed or paddle shift or anything like that. And so that is kind of different and where you downshift and how you turn it. Those are all just a little different, but the, the truck is smooth and the truck is makes a ton of power. Is it going to convert you over to uh, to the diesel side or, you know, Wait, it, you mean uh, I haven't been previously? <laughs> He's already a diesel head. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, will, I will, I will tell you this, you know, it's, um, it's impressive the amount of power that's there and, and not from, we can squeeze all kinds of horsepower numbers, but like, let's be honest. Like uh, I use first and second gear to largely get out of a corner, like a, a hairpin, a really, really tight corner, lower speed. Uh, but we, we, the uh, old Smokey makes so much torque that we largely run the track in third and, uh, and fourth gear, third and overdrive. Right. Uh, most of the time it's, it's unbelievably fast. Getting through one and two is just, part of the job you got to get through it once you click three it's like that's where the fun begins oh yeah yeah it was really cool watching you guys take both of them out there and you know as enthusiasts and the people who are listening and we're fans of of anything diesel really and you guys are pushing you know the envelope with this and scott i wanted to ask you about you know before i said hey what what are you guys learning at the track you know with not just the truck but now this car that um you know compiling that data and just pushing this farther forward because we all want to see diesel succeed and see it compete and just watching the things that you know you've done over the years is really cool another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I mean, we learn a lot, um, with uh, especially with durability, because, you know, anytime you you hype a diesel up to crazy power levels. They, they, they tend to be kind of fragile. Um, I, let's see, starting two years ago, I started partnering with uh, fleece and freedom racing engines. And it's, I feel like the, the fragile part is gone now. And that was the biggest hurdle of anything. Cause I, I don't know how many motors I've gone through in smoky just to get it up that mountain. But um you know, we'll, we'll use this for example, like the motor that's in Smokey now uh, is the motor that we used to set the record. Um, and it was an emergency motor. It's just their stage two, uh, you know, like street truck motor. Um, and we, we've hot seized that thing and beat the crap out of it. And I've done Hoonigan episodes and I raced Ken Block with it. 
and all this time over those two years and then like the new motor that we were supposed to run this year got got here like a few days before we had to leave so it didn't get put in and we're we're running this you know supposedly tired engine and it's just trucking and keeping going and you know even at the high egts it's like it's crazy that it, like i feel like but you just what i guess what i'm trying to say there is you have to get the right formula to make everything work and and that and that was the that's the biggest change we made is 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 using their stuff and now it's like i don't really worry about it like with the even with the eco diesel on the new platform like i'm going out there and i'm overheating the crap out of it you know trying to figure out all these demons and we come back and it just it runs like a swiss watch so it it the biggest hurdle is for us competing there i feel like has been overcome because we've figured out the formula for engines but now now to really keep it going we have to do like next level stuff like you know like we're we're using a 6xd sequential transmission on the eco diesel um which nobody's really put like a dog box sequential behind a, a diesel before um so we finally got that working and you know getting it run right we use the dynamite diesel injectors and that and then, then that's been the the secret sauce to get to get all the egts in check so like it's just everything's an evolution and you got to try like 10 or 20 different versions of everything before you get something to stick to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things well, that so, so much of the, and also, you know, one thing that should be noted is that diesels in road racing or in time attack, this is a foreign concept. And so it's not yep. like, Oh, it's not like we're trying to win dyno contests. It's not like we're drag racing. It's like, this is when he talks about getting the sauce together and figuring out what the, the cocktail really is. It's like, it's very complicated. Who are you going to call? Who has tried to do endurance racing? Who has done time attack cars with diesels? And they have so many particular needs that you only find out. And then the one thing about Pikes Peak that, that people really don't understand is this brings challenges that if you've been, if you've won everything out there on flatland and at 600 feet, you know, elevation, come run at 14,000, come run at 12,000. Like this brings new challenges you've never seen before. And people really make light of it, but until you've been here, until you've done it, until you've tried to build a time attack car with the diesel engine, it's like, there are new, there are new problems and there are very few people to call. Yeah, exactly. And that's most of diesel performances in that straight line for an eighth mile, quarter mile or a dyno run. And what you guys are doing, just watching it. I'm just like, how are these things surviving? How are these parts living? And I think what you mentioned, Scott, about you know, what Freedom Racing Engines has done in, in you know, the ejectors and other parts that you have on there is it's opened up this whole new world to say, okay, how do we take it to the next level? I don't have to worry about right. the engine or the turbo or the injectors anymore. And you can kind of think outside of the box. Well, that that's when the de real development happens when you stop worrying about your engine exploding after every corner. Because I mean, let's, let's be real here. You know, most of diesel performance is in like sled pulling and drag racing. Yeah. Well, Pikes Peak is like 156 back-to-back -back drag races uphill. So, and and some of the straightaways are are quite a bit longer than a quarter mile. So you're you're in that you know 1800 degree EGT pulling a grade for like you know <laughs> I don't know how long do you think the elevator is, Aaron? Oh, I mean, up around 19 mile hill. I mean, it's like you'll be at max throttle twice for probably, you know, in 10, 12 seconds. I mean, back to back. Yeah. I mean, and that's max, that's max output. And, and uh, old Smokey right now, it's 1830. It's like at, at full, t I mean, at full send, it's 
EGTs are 1830. And so it's a lot for the cooling system. It's a lot for the engine to handle. And then there's no atmosphere there. So, you know, Old Smokey's making what close to a hundred pounds of boost. And uh, I mean, it's like, this is this is heavy work for uh, for for that engine, and people don't realize what a ten percent grade is. You've never driven on a freeway that was ten percent; they're all seven or less. And so, a ten percent grade, it's like go outside and hook up a forty foot trailer, load it up with concrete, and then go drag race it. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Well, that's that's where I get really excited about the aftermarket and what you know why, why we might not be towing that huge trailer up a ten percent grade. What you guys are learning up there these manufacturers, these companies are going to be able to improve products and, and different things we can put on our trucks to tow a little bit better, maybe race mm -hmm. a little bit better. So it, it's an incredible, I think, experience and, and just seeing what you guys are doing is awesome. Um, I did want to ask you, Aaron, about you know, your experience in racing in the industry, all that you've done. How would you compare Pikes Peak to some of the other racing, either circuits or, you know, you mentioned trophy trucks, things like that. How, how could we relate this to somebody who has no experience racing at 12 or 14,000 feet? So, you know, for P Pikes Peak is, Pikes Peak is absolutely unique. I mean, there's no other way around it. And so, at, uh, you know, we don't just get show up at the track, unload at the, you know, in the pits and, and then drive around the circuit and not saying that's not fun. It's, it's immeasurably fun, but coming to Pikes Peak, it's my favorite racetrack period dot the end. The setting couldn't be more beautiful. And not to mention, I'm personally, I'm a huge fan of point to point races. And so this is, this is a time attack event, but it's an overland, you know, point A to point B it just happens to be, you know, 12 and a half miles. And then with the elevation, the elevation brings something special that you can't find anywhere else. And so it's like, your favorite, you know, your favorite circuit, just make it point to point and make it that long and then bring challenges that you've never thought of and you've never, you've never experienced. That's what we deal with. And, and the other part about it that is, I think, somewhat similar to like, at least in the, the week leading up to it, like to off-road races, is that we have to move our equipment. So it's not just Scott or myself or any of the drivers. Really, we have to have a, a, a committed team that is interested in getting up at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. It's like riding up the mountain and dragging trailers and then instantly setting up in, in almost freezing conditions in July and, and the end of June and uh, you know howling winds. And so it's a formidable place to be. And every day we go on the mountain, it's different. And we never know what it's going to be on race day and so it's uh you know that that part is really interesting so it's uh you're racing the mountain as much as you might be racing any one single competitor yeah i wanted to ask you about that scott because on that amsoil video i saw a lot of the crew behind the scenes and and you know can you talk a little bit about how important it is <clears throat> to have an entire team behind you and you know not just the companies but the you know the guys that are wrenching on things and getting the parts that you need and just you know i'm sure there's fluids and things you guys are working on what all goes into it behind the scenes with the team yeah i can't i can't explain enough like how important it is to have like guys that want to be there and are dedicated because they have to get up at two in the morning they have to grind and unload and reload everything every day we there's they have to fix the car over and over and over again um i, I couldn't do it without these guys you know like it th this isn't like a this is a team sport like it's not just me and aaron hopping in a car and sending our sending ourselves up a up a 14,000 foot mountain with our hair on fire like there has to be like a crew that can help you out with that and they have to be knowledgeable you know and not only, you, you know, your boots on the ground, but like, like you said earlier, you got to have, you got to have the right sponsors. 
uh, you got to have the right engineers behind it. Like it's, it's a giant team effort. Yeah. You know, and it's like so much for the, the wrenches, the guys, the guys spinning the wrenches, uh, they, they have to be, you know, interested in the success of the vehicle. They kind of have to, they want to own it and say like, this is ours. This is our work. We yep. did this. We got, whether it was Scott or Aaron or any of the other drivers driving the machine, it's like, they only got to drive it because we kept it running because we put it there because we did that. And so it's a, it's a group effort and say, we did that. We made that yep. happen. And you know, and it's not, it's not just Scott and I, it's, it's so many of the teams up there and you really see it. And it's like, you know, you always want to beat your competitor on the track, but like, this is one of the rare, or not maybe not rare, but in the in racing community, it's like, you can want to destroy your competition on the track. But like when we're in the paddock, it's, you know, whatever it takes to have more people race, to make sure you get your runs, to make these things happen. And it's like hill climb people, it's a small community. And so it's tight. And so you'll see on some of the Amsoil videos in the morning, like it's like you get to know each other and you get to know each other's problems. And, you know, you, you'll go check on someone after you come out, get, get done with your run. So this is definitely a tight community. It's a little different than some of the other time trial stuff. But one of the biggest things is when you said how uh, thing for people to, you know, to grasp, right? Uh, at most circuits, you can have an off and there's practically no, you know, repercussions, you know, some underbody damage, you know, fascia, some bumpers maybe, but like largely no real problems. The chance of Scott or myself or any other drivers going home in a box is completely real. There are very few corners that are protected by trees big enough to stop it that won't kill you or guardrails. Most of the time, you know, from the W's where we practice today on up. If you make a big enough mistake, and that's the possibility, if you make a big enough one, you don't get a chance to make a second one. And so it's not that way at most tracks. And so that's the one thing that the team, when they when they nut and uh, bolt the car, when they check a car out, it's like they have to believe that it's the best thing they can give you because if they don't and something goes wrong, the consequences are large. I noticed yep. that on some of the videos, there's there's nothing there on the side of the, the edge of the road. And, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you have to have the right team together. And, and that's why I kind of focused in on that is, you know, I, I know that they probably look to you guys, you know, for leadership, but then also you look to them as well for you know, the passion, the excitement, the attention to detail being meticulous because there's so much on the line, not just, as you mentioned, Aaron, a car or a bumper or something like that. For, for me, I mean, I put the, I mean, it's like with the, with the guys on the ground, with our techs, I put the same faith in them that I would put in myself. It's like, if I, if they look at me and they say, Hey, you're ready to go. It's like, I don't question it at all. It's like, let's just it's full send. You know, it's like, we'll just, we'll take off and we'll get it. And uh, we'll try and do the job. But it's like, I don't have to go back around and check it. I trust these guys. I know they know what's up and they, I know that they know what the risk is if they, if they come up short on something. And so it's like, you know, you have to know who you're working with. And like Scott said, I mean, it's genuinely a team effort. None of this is possible by, you know, as a single driver. It's just, it's just not, this is a team effort. Yeah. Would be absolutely impossible for us to do this without them. I think that's a, a key takeaway, not just for this kind of, kind of racing, but also, you know, people who are listening, who have businesses, people who maybe race in other things is, is that team and that trust and, and uh, the enthusiasm, you know, with it, it all kind of translates. And I always get really interested, um, you know, by those topics. I, I did want to ask you a couple questions, Aaron, because I know a lot of younger people listen to this podcast. Uh, people are just finishing up high school, just out of high school. And I get questions a lot where they have a, a lot of the same passion that you and Scott do and you know they love engines they love racing but they don't necessarily have a roadmap per se of how they get from point a to point b what would be some tips that you would give a younger person who wants to you know be like you or wants to you know um, just be successful in in this kind of industry to be able to do it 
Well, I mean, I'll try and make it concise. You know, it's a, that's a complicated question. You know, there's a lot of heartache in chasing motorsport. I mean, it's uh, to say it's up and down would be putting it lightly. You know, it's uh, there, it's feast or famine and, uh, and you have to know that everything is uh, temporary. And, uh, and so it's like the real, it's a relationship building contest is really what it is. Right. And I've been blessed. I've been incredibly lucky that just that that other people have recognized the passion, wanted to be involved with it. And then we've been able to do these great things and they've been, it's, I mean, it's been the best life I could ever imagine, but I can't say that I could give you one or two pieces of wisdom that would help you put, you know, put someone in the same seat. It's really, the one thing I can say is that chance favors the prepared, right? If there's something you want to do, you can't wait for a class to show up or for someone to come ask you if you want to go do it. You need to learn everything you can about it and you need to go do it. Start doing it. Find out who's the best around you. Hang around them. Try and take their job. Try and take their seat. Try and be their backup. And so there's no end to the amount of free work I did because the only way to learn how to do these things was to do it. And if no one around you had the money to pay you for it, then you were never going to get anywhere. So it's like when I was really young, all these things I wanted to learn how to do, I just did them for anyone that was willing to let me do it on their vehicle to gain the knowledge, right? Um, the simple bit of it is if there's somewhere you want to be, you should already be there doing it. You know what I mean? If that, and, and so many people are, are afraid or unwilling to go sweep the floors and scrub the toilets in a place that they want to be the manager of, they want to be the boss of, they want to own. And if you're, if you're not the best at running the toilet brush, you're not going to be the best at running the TIG machine. You know, it's like you have to, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer. You need to earn the stripes. And it's like most uh, most guys that own small businesses and own shops, they're the best floor sweeper in the show. You know, it's like, th that's the only thing I got to say is like, be willing to put your time in, be willing to pay your dues. So it'd be like a, almost a sense of humility to say that, you know, I want to learn these things and I might have to start at the bottom or might have to do things that I maybe not, not might. you know. You there's no, there's no, there's no fast tracking it. How are you going to be in the shop? And how are you going to, I mean, how are you going to talk smack? How are you going to be the, the head dog and not know how to do everyone's job there? You know, but I'll, but I'll be honest in motorsport, there's a lot of heartache. I mean, it doesn't go the same way for everybody. And it's like, if your ambition is to do race cars and have a big house, that might not be conducive. You know, it's like, there's a lot of give and take. Uh, but the one thing I will tell you is that I've worked in, in other industries and done other things that are uh, industrial and I have found the proudest people, the, the proud of what they did. They said, this is what we do. This is what my family does. My dad, my granddad, this is what we do. We keep uh, power plants running, water pumps, you know, water filtration. It's like whether it's concrete or any of these other things, it's like having, having a real skill. You know, I think that that is the important part. It's not like how to become great at building race cars. I mean, you might, but ultimately, how do you build something of value? That's the important part. I think that's one of the things I love about racing in general is it's almost a microcosm of life and translates to so many different things. And like you know, one of the big ones is persistence. So you guys are out there testing these vehicles, racing, you're finding things that maybe aren't working. You got to think on the fly and change it. And that persistence, you know, when we sit back and, you know, we see the times, we see the records, we don't understand all the things that went into it, all the well, failures. Let me, let, me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me put a fine point out for you. Scott's efforts, right? So we watched as uh, you know, as other hill climbers, we watched Scott put a truck together, bring it to the mountain. And it's like between um, early on had had a, a bad nosedive in one of the corners, attempted to bring the truck back. It's like came back the next year, broke motors, put more motors in. It's like it was an effort to get to the top. And if the first time it didn't work, if he had said, oh, to hell that it cost too much money, 
it's like we wouldn't be sitting here today. I wouldn't be driving the truck. Nope. All these things wouldn't happen. So when we talk about persistence, it's like that's how anyone gets anything serious done. Because like the chance of it just working out the first time, let's be honest, that's pretty rare. And then on top of that, largely luck, right? You know, it's like it's persistence that makes anything possible. And people don't realize that persistence is payment. It's pain. Whether it comes out of your wallet or it comes in blood or it comes in sweat or most likely comes in tears, ultimately persistence is pain. And the payment, if you want to go do big stuff, is pain. Yep. Racing is every single one of those put together. That's what uh, that, that, that's what draws me into it. That's why you know a podcast like this is so exciting, and I'm I, you know, I'm listening to it. I'm getting you know excited for you guys. I'm getting you know excited for your guys' teams. Um, you know, Scott, coming up. You know, it's it's Thursday this week. I, I know you guys got a ton going on. Um, but what are kind of the next steps as you head into next week? That uh, you know you, you're you're focusing on. You know, what are ultimately what's your goal? You know, with the car, and what should we look out for when we're paying attention? You know, here in the coming days. Yeah, well, I mean, our ultimate goal is, uh, you know, I'd love to see Aaron, you know, breaking my existing diesel record. And then, you know, I'd love to come up right behind him and, and break it again. That's our, that's like the main goal. Um, secondary goal is just getting up the mountain for me, you know, in a brand new car. Um, I guess, ah, shit, where was I going with that? Help me out, Aaron. <laughs> I'll, I'll, listen, I'll tell you, as far as team goals, it's real simple. We showed up with two cars. We need two cars on the summit. That's the first thing. That is, so if we do that, that'll be great. The, but the priority, just like Scott said, is like if I can take Scott's truck, which has been unbelievably reliable all week long, and it just – and once again, that just – that proves that the persistence model pays out, right? The truck works. And so if I can drive it up there, if I can best, you know, Scott's previous time and the truck has better aero, it makes more power. It's got better suspension on it. It's got more miles on it. And so it's, it is a better truck now. And if I can put, you know, a faster time up, then I'll reset the record. If I can have it for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and Scott come up and then reset the record again and really move it up with the LMP car, that would be a total team success. Put two cars on the summit and broke the record twice in one day. That would that would be the the cream of the crop, well, yes. you know. And it's like those are our goals, you know. And we'll, I'm not going to say what what else might happen, what else could happen. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, well, we've been we've been dealing with um, not reliability issues on the LMP car, but cooling issues. And every single day we've gone out to testing, we will set down the first lap, and it gets too hot to keep going. So, you know, we we're succeeding by like leaving the mountain with a running vehicle, but it's also something we need to, we failed on because it's overheating and we need to get back to the shop and turn that failure into a win. we like, we gotta, we gotta fix all those problems and then get back and try it again. So we, it's, it's, it's a, it's all the steps you got to take to get there. And then hopefully, you know, like Aaron said, we, we can, we can get that double whammy record and, uh, and, you know, stand on the mountain and, and uh, share a donut together. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, and it's, you know, just one thing to kind of, you know, bring it home, you know, for what Scott said is that no matter what you're working on, like whatever your goals are, like at home, at work, on the mountain, at the racetrack, it's like, there's no short change in it. It's like, there's X amount of work that has to be put in and you have to be willing to do it. If you're not, it's not like it'll be a hollow victory. It won't be one. 
it's like, and it, it takes the persistence, it takes the work, and it takes the right team. I think those are, I think those are the simple takeaways from what is a Pikes Peak effort. Well, I know we're all pulling for you guys and really excited, you know, to see you know, the runs you guys make, what you guys are doing, really pushing what we're all passionate about forward. So I appreciate your guys' time today. Looking forward to uh, to watching you guys next week, and and uh, we'll see you guys get those goals, and hopefully chat here in the future, and and uh, get some feedback, and and you know, talk about next year. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I come back tell you about the wins. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to our Discord. You'll find a link down below to be able to join. We've got over 500 enthusiasts on there. Really cool to see the things that you guys are working on, questions that you guys have. It's a really fun place for all of us to be able to hang out, be able to chat about trucks and, and tons of different things. I want to give a special shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Texas Diesel Supply, Wrights Diesel Services, Caleb, Tyler Lowen, and 23 diesel it we appreciate the support that, that you guys give us month to month and also all of you that subscribe on podcast apps whether it's itunes spotify iHeartRadio, radio youtube facebook instagram all the support you guys have given us throughout the years we appreciate it and you guys would keep us going until next time keep the shiny side up